Well, I take an artist or a band and listen to their work. Then I put them on a list like a music critic jerk. Then I put them all in order from the best to the worst. But you probably won't like my choice for first. I don't care. You might think this idea is dumb. You're wrong. It's actually random. Hello and welcome to another edition of Random Album Rankings. My name is BC. Thank you so much for joining me. Be sure to follow this podcast on Instagram at random.album so that you can stay up to date on future episodes, music news, and everything in between. Ah, so, I hope you had some time to uh, soak in the American Head Charge episode that dropped a few days ago. Uh, this is going to be uh, the first of two weeks in which there will be some mini-sodes. So, there'll be regular episodes for the next couple weeks, and then expect a week of mini-sodes coming up very soon. All you got to do is just follow this podcast on Instagram so you can find out when it'll be happening. So, with that said... This is the second mini-sode and second episode for this week. I decided to tackle a band that has really polarized a lot of people over the years. You either really love this band or you really hate this band. And despite only four albums, the band has definitely made an impact regardless of how you feel about them. And let's be honest, without this band you wouldn't be hearing about bands like Hailstorm or The Pretty Reckless. Now, even though they're, those bands don't sound anything like the band I'm spotlighting on this episode, let's be honest, the attitude and the energy are there. In fact, when you really get down to it, Taylor Momsen is essentially Courtney Love without the drug addiction and the drama. Whenever I see Pretty Reckless in concert, I do think of Hole, who we're spotlighting this week. I, the energy's there, the vocals are there, and just the attitude is there, too. So that's just my opinion as far as that's concerned. And yes, this episode is dedicated to the discography of the band Hole. But before I can rank, let's do a brief history and some facts about Hole. Hole was an American alternative rock band formed in Los Angeles, California in 1989. It was founded by singer Courtney Love and guitarist Eric Erlinson. It had several different bassists and drummers, with the most prolific being drummer Patty Schimmel and bassist Kristen Pfaff, who passed away in 1994, and Melissa Ofdemar. Hole released a total of four studio albums between two incarnations spanning the 1990s and early 2010s, and became one of the most commercially successful rock bands in history fronted by a woman. Influenced by Los Angeles' punk rock scene, the band's debut album Pretty on the Inside was produced by Kim Gordon of Sonic Youth and attracted critical interest from British and American alternative press. Their second album, Live Through This, released in 1994 by DGC Records, which featured less aggressive melodies and more restrained lyrical content, was widely acclaimed and reached platinum status within a year of its release. Their third album, Celebrity Skin, marked a notable departure from their earlier punk influences, boasting a more commercially viable sound. 
The album would go on to sell around 2 million copies worldwide and earn them significant critical acclaim. Hole would disband in 2002 with the members individually pursuing other projects. Eight years later, in 2010, Hole was reformed by Love with new members despite Erlinson's claim that the reformation breached a mutual contract he had with her. The reformed band released the album Nobody's Daughter, which had originally been conceived as a second solo album for Courtney Love. In 2013, Love retired the whole name, releasing new material and touring as a solo artist going forward. Hole received several accolades, including four Grammy Award nominations. They were also commercially successful, selling over three million records in the U.S. alone, and had a far-reaching influence on contemporary female artists. Music and feminist scholars have also recognized the band as the most high-profile musical group of the 1990s to discuss gender issues in their songs due to Love's aggressive and violent lyrical content, which often address themes of body image, abuse, and sexual exploitation. As mentioned, Hole was one of the most commercially successful female-fronted alternative rock bands in history, and in spite of Love's often polarizing reputation in the media, they received consistent critical praise for their output, and was often noted for the predominant feminist commentary found in Love's lyrics, which scholars have credited as, quote, articulating a third-wave feminist consciousness. While Rolling Stone compared the effect of Love's marriage to Cobain on the band, Nirvana to that of John Lennon and Yoko Ono, they noted that Love's confrontational stage presence, as well as her gut-wrenching vocals and powerful punk or pop songcraft, made her an alternative rock star in her own right. Author Nick Wise made a similar comparison in discussion of the band's public image, stating, quote, Not since Yoko Ono's marriage to John Lennon has a woman's personal life and exploits within the rock arena been so analyzed and dissected. The band has been cited as a major influence on several contemporary artists, including indie singer-songwriter Scout Niblet, Brody Dahl of the Distillers, Sky Ferreira, Lana Del Rey, Tove Lowe, Tegan and Sarah, and the British rock band Nine Black Alps. The band ranked at number 77 on VH1's 100 Greatest Hard Rock Artists list. And now that you know a little bit about Hole, it's time to get to ranking. So, the albums and what have you that will not be counted, there's an unofficial live album that I'm not going to consider, but it's worth a listen. Uh, there is one EP that is now hard to find, but it will not be included on this one. And most recently, there was an album that dropped called The First Session, which was a bunch of demos and early recordings of Hole, which is also quite interesting. But that being said... Uh, none of those will be considered, and I'm also not going to be including Courtney Love's, for now, only solo album, America's Sweetheart. So what you'll be uh, hearing from me is the ranking of holes for studio albums. And you know the old saying, some things are just better left unsaid, or in this case, unsung? Well, look no further than... My pick for number four from 2010, the fourth and final album from Hole. 
Now, there is a lot of controversy here in the case that this that Hull was reunited uh, through a breach of contract, according to Eric Erlinson. In fact, the personnel on here, the only member in this whole lineup for this album, the orig only original member is Courtney Love. Otherwise, you got Mick Larkin on guitar, Sean Daly on bass, Stu Fisher on drums. They're, they weren't bad. It's just the results are just so messy, especially with the controversy surrounding this and the uh, production from Linda Perry, who normally I don't have any issue with. It just, the problem with it, it just didn't sound like a whole album. And remember, remember that very first single off the album, Skinny Little Bitch? Do you remember that at all? No? Shit, I wish I could. Skinny little bitch. Answer the Lord. Praying for some salvation because she's a support. Yeah, it's not very good. And I can't even defend the two songs that Love co wrote with Bill, or excuse me, three songs that Courtney Love co wrote with. Uh, William Patrick Corgan. It's Billy Corgan as far as I'm concerned. Sorry, you're Billy. The end. But uh, yeah, Pacific Coast Highway, not that great. Loser Dust, How Dirty Girls Get Clean, which sounds almost like a song that would have been on Celebrity Skin, an album I'm going to talk about much later. There's really nothing to write home about as far as this album goes. It's just, it was just bad. Not a very good album, not a good lead-off single. It debuted high, number 15, and then it just plummeted soon after. Didn't even go gold. In fact, let me take a look at the certifications on here if I if there aren't oh nope, never mind. There aren't any. It's this was the ultimate fuck you to the fan base as far as nobody's daughter is concerned. I just was not a fan of this album. I don't really have anything else to add to that. But I will say, uh, as sad as this sounds, as sad as this sounds, the only song on here that I wound up liking was not until the very end of the album. I mean, I'm sure some of you will defend Letter to God. I don't. But my favorite song on this album, and that's not saying much, but I did like Never Go Hungry. I did think that was probably the only saving grace of that album. It's unfortunate that it's at the end of the album because this sounded like whole to me, even with Linda Perry's production. I don't care what I have to defend. should point out that you know i did talk about this when i did the roots episode last year about the universal music group fire that swept through universal studios hollywood in 2008 apparently holes back catalog was one of those that was lost but that's also 
a controversial take. Uh, there was a because on August 16, 2019, Hole got removed from that particular lawsuit because there was no proof that Hole's back catalog was in that Universal Studios fire. And honestly, I, I know nobody's daughter came out in 2010. But if that had been lost in the fire, I think the world would have been a better place for it. Honestly, I, I'm not gonna lie. It was just, it's just not a very good album. I don't recommend it. I don't even recommend it just to hear "Never Go Hungry." That's how disappointing the album is. So there you go. Um, yeah, I don't have anything else to say about it. So we'll just keep on going. Coming in at number three is their debut album from 1991, Pretty on the Inside. Now, the it's you'll find that the production on here is pretty damn rough. You had Kim Gordon of the legendary Sonic Youth producing this album. It was released on Caroline Records in the United States and City Slang in Europe, 38 minutes long. But honestly, that... This album definitely deserves a lot more attention than their last album did. And Pretty on the Inside shows that they were more than just your average punk rock band. their official first single teenage whore which you just heard but there's really not a bad track on here uh, i mean a couple of skippable ones uh the title track i suppose i could do without but garbage man was an interesting listen uh good sister bad sister that was another one i really uh, gravitated towards I got to applaud the less than two minute track on here, Star Belly, which had uh, Neil Young samples, uh, Cinnamon Girl, Rhiannon, and Best Sunday Dressed by Pagan Babies were all sampled for this one. It's definitely an interesting listen for sure. And I got to give props to their cover of Joni Mitchell's Clouds. It's, it's interesting to say the least. Oh, and further proof that whole losing their back catalog in the fire is absolute bullshit. There was a reissue of Pretty on the Inside on October 20th, 2017 through Plain Recordings. I think that was a record store day release because it was pressed on pink vinyl. Proof that uh, drugs really messed up Courtney Love's brain. And, oh, man, that is really a shame in this case. There are some instances she just basically kept putting her foot in her mouth, and the results of that are tragic for sure. And it's really a shame because Hole is definitely a great band, and I really 
dog pretty on the inside. This showed that the band was definitely going to be here to stay, or so we all thought. We all know what happened. The name Hole has been long retired since 2012, I believe, when Courtney Love made that announcement. But uh, let's talk about the personnel on here. I mean, you, as I mentioned, the constants were always Courtney Love and Eric Erlinson. On this album, you had Jill Emery on bass guitar. She would promptly leave the band soon after. Carolyn Rue on drums. And it got as high as number 59 on the UK albums charts. It's not a bad album. Definitely deserves your attention for sure if you love grunge rock. And if you enjoy grunge with a little bit of female flair, this is definitely the album for you. And we, there's only two left to talk about on here, folks. My pick for number two, not without controversy, mind you, but I went with Celebrity Skin, their album from 1998, the third album of their entire career. And this would be the last album from Hole before their original disbandment. Well, it's not their first disbandment. It was their official disbandment in 2002 because when Nobody's Daughter had come out, Courtney Love was the only member of the group. By this time, uh, Melissa Off-Demar was the bassist, replacing Kirsten Pfaff, who had uh, died from a drug overdose in 1994. And Patti Schmel played uh, the demos for the album, but was replaced by Dean Castronovo at the suggestion of producer Michael Beinhorn. And that name is synonymous with rock in the 90s, producing albums for Red Hot Chili Peppers, Soundgarden, and Violent Femmes, just to name a few. I mean, a lot of good albums here that had Beinhorn's name on it. Uh, Mother's Milk from Red Hot Chili Peppers, Why Do Birds Sing by Violent Femmes, Grave Dancers Union from Soul Asylum, eh? Super Unknown by Soundgarden, Osmosis by Ozzy Osbourne, White Light, White Heat, White Trash, Social Distortion. So it just made perfect sense. And Natural Selection by Fuel, a personal favorite of mine. So it made sense to have Michael Beinhorn as the producer for Celebrity Skin. Now, I know a lot of people don't like this album because it's really super polished. It's one of those where you can smell the fumes as you're listening to it. And also, Courtney Love was pretty much an A-lister at this point, not necessarily as a musician by then, uh, but as an actress. She... I got to give props to Courtney Love. Say what you will about her. While I don't really like Courtney Love as a person, I respect her as a musician, and I definitely respect her as an actress, too. If you've ever seen her in The People versus Larry Flint or 200 Cigarettes or playing Jim Carrey's uh, Andy Kaufman's girlfriend in uh, Man on the Moon, then Courtney Love does have an immense amount of talent. You don't have to like her as a person. But you got to respect her as an artist. Now, with that said, the title track, that, that definitely kicked in the door and never got repaired after that. Celebrity Skin became their only number one hit on the alternative charts. It became a top ten hit on that chart again in the form of Doja Cat, which was used to hawk Taco Bell for the Super Bowl this year. But... So many good songs on here. Awful was one. 
uh, reasons to be beautiful, use once and destroy. Uh, and I have I have a confession to make. I was not a fan of this one particular song that got played on radio and was also a hit because I was in the mindset, and who hasn't, for those that listen to alternative rock or anything that's underground, when a song picks up and catch will get some steam and becomes a hit on an alternative on the alternative rock charts. Some radio stations who specialize in pop or adult contemporary pick up on this well thinking, hmm, maybe our audience might like this one. And when a song gets on the pop radio, well, that band automatically sells out by default. There's no explanation for it. It just is. And I was in that mindset as well. And while it was weird hearing this a lot amongst the Britney Spears and Backstreet Boys that are on this time frame, I have to admit, Malibu is definitely a guilty pleasure now more than ever. I almost put that as my number one whole album. And you, at this point, you already know what number one's going to be. But I think the secret ingredient for what made Celebrity Skin work, despite the relationship being uh, questionable at best, but the songs that were, I mean, Courtney Love wrote all the lyrics. That was not the issue. But the music was constructed, orchestrated by Billy Corgan on quite a few songs on here. Celebrity, the title track. Malibu hit so hard. I also, uh, Petals was another one. And I think the best song on here that did not involve Corgan, I felt had whole continued in this direction, thanks to Celebrity Skin. Boys on the Radio should have been a radio single. And I really think could have lasted a few more albums had they not disbanded a few years later because this is probably one of the most underrated songs that Courtney Love has ever written or sung. just a phenomenal song from start to finish it's a great album too i mean props are definitely in order as far as Beinhorn's production billy corgan on bass yes he played bass for hits so hard and pedals uh props to love and erlinson melissa off demar one of the best bassists of all time she even got uh, to perform with the smashing pumpkins and play for the smashing pumpkins i should say for a number of years uh, I did say Patty Schmel on drums, but she only played the demos and was promptly let go. 
Dean Castronovo, solid on the drums, despite being getting no credit for it. Uh, the mixing of legends that are Tom and Chris Lord Algy, fantastic. And I got to give props. The cover with the burning palm tree and the band standing right in front of it just symbolized, yeah, we sold out, but you love us anyway. And honestly, yeah, that's, that's the problem, though. They didn't sell out. They were parodying selling out. That's what made the album so great. You all thought because of all this polish on the production and how glamorous and surprisingly attractive Courtney Love was in the videos for Celebrity Skin and Malibu that everybody thought that, that she had sold out and that the band in general sold out. But it was a parody. You all fell for it, hook, line, and sinker. Shame on you. Celebrity Skin is a damn good album. I will defend this one. I mean, a lot of people hate it. Although now some people have kind of grown on, this album's grown on people over the years. But I get it. I mean, it was a top 10 album, number nine in the Billboard 200 charts. It only The highest peak it got was number three in Canada. But it managed to go platinum. And it's a very good album. They basically, and it's it's just basically a concept of selling out to the mainstream. But you could tell the lyrical content. If you listen to Celebrity Skin closely, the lyrics were real. You just mis misunderstood it. I misunderstood it the first time I heard it, but over the years, Celebrity Skin has grown on me. It is definitely a great whole album. But it's not the best whole album. The date? April 5th, 1994. Tragedy struck the music world. Fans were shocked when they turned on MTV and heard the tragic news of the suicide of Nirvana frontman Kurt Cobain. I'm not going to lie. I was, I was in junior high when this news took place. And I'll be honest, I wasn't into that kind of music at the time. But I knew how shocking it was because his name was so synonymous with pop culture at that point, thanks to the Nevermind album. And yeah, the, I'll, I'll be honest. The world stopped when Kurt Cobain passed away. And why am I bringing this? Well, obviously, you know why I'm bringing this up. But the thing is, a week later, Live Through This, Hole's second album, was released. Gone were the unpolished hardcore aesthetics. And instead we have better structures of songs, melodies even, 
And the result is not only my favorite album from a whole, this is one of the most perfect grunge rock albums of all time. And Courtney Love and crew made sure you felt that way, especially with that opening track, Violet. No fucks given as far as that song is concerned. phenomenal song in fact the whole album pun slightly intended is in is just awesome just fucking awesome i mean where do, where do i begin with this one well we played violet earlier the uh, miss world plump jennifer's body doll parts softer softest i think that i would die and i definitely have to give props to the song asking for it which is autobiographical as far as uh, Courtney Love has uh, mentioned in interviews. This was based on when she was crowd surfing during one of her shows and was pretty much grabbed, groped, felt up, you name it. Everybody at that show did that when Courtney Love dove off the stage and probably started crowd surfing. Folks, we have done a lot of growing up over the, at least I hope we've done a lot of growing up over the years as far as uh, concerts are concerned. Crowd surfing I know has kind of died down, but when women crowd surf, seriously, show some fucking respect. I remember uh, my wife and I were at a rock festival with a few friends. Uh, one of which uh, actually graduated from college that uh, weekend. Her commencement was early that Sunday morning, and then she showed up in her cap and gown to the festival, promptly crowd surfed, went unscathed. Thank God for that. Thank God for that. But folks, women are every bit as well allowed to crowd surf as men are. So if a woman crowd surfs, the only time you should be uh, touching a woman who's crowd surfing is when you push them forward. Don't grope, push them forward. That's that's all I have to say about that. And I got to give props to Courtney Love on this one. She was way ahead of her time. And songs like Asking For It give you a different side on what it's like to be a female musician, especially when you're trying to entertain a crowd. This is Hole's masterpiece. Uh, for years, I referred to them as a one-album wonder, but then I gave Celebrity Skin a better listen, and my mind definitely changed there. Uh, you got Patti Schmel on drums, Kristen Pfaff on bass, and this would be her only 
album with the band. She would sadly also pass away uh, from a drug overdose six weeks after Live Through This's release. It's a very, and it's what's disappointing about Live Through This as it, it was this, it's more famous for the tragedy than for the art on the album. Not, not necessarily the album cover, but the music. Would this have been a success had Kurt Cobain not killed himself? And the answer is, I don't know. I believe since people were still listening to grunge at that point, Soundgarden was picking up steam with Super Unknown, Pearl Jam had their fan base. I think Hole would have been fine, but unfortunately it was more, its success was basically writing on tragedy than its own merits. And speaking of its own merits, let's just nip this shit in the bud right now. Did Kurt Cobain ghostwrite Courtney Love's lyrics or live through this? I don't think so. Maybe he had a hand in it just saying, oh, try this instead of that. But writing the whole album, I don't fucking think so. No. I don't think Kurt Cobain did any ghostwriting for this album. I'd be really surprised if he did. I know he did backup vocals for a couple of songs on here, Asking For, which I said earlier, and Softer Softest. But otherwise, I think that's the extent of Cobain's contributions to live through this. It's just a solid album. And I talked about the, I, how the album is iconic. Let's talk about the album cover and the back cover, I should say. Uh, that front cover with the beauty pageant queen winning with the bouquet of flowers and the sash, she won. I did love uh, Courtney Love's comment about this in the interview, was that she wanted to, quote, capture the look on a woman's face as she's being crowned. This sort of ecstatic blue eyeliner running kind of, I am, I am, I won. I have hemorrhoid cream under my eyes. I have adhesive tape on my butt and I had a scratch and claw and fuck my way up, but I won Miss Congeniality. <sighs> Love it. And uh, yeah, I think it captured it nicely. And the back cover, uh, the back artwork is a picture of Courtney Love as a child when she was growing up in Springfield, Oregon, uh, which represents the fall of femininity in its natural state before the fall of adolescence. And yeah, I can definitely see that. They got the dark side on the front, you got the light side on the back cover. Just a great, great album from beginning to end. Uh, this is grunge perfection here, folks. And Let's also get the production out of the way. Paul Q. Colderi, Sean Slade, Scott Litt was mixing on this album. Jay Maskus, Jay Maskus of Dinosaur Jr. mixing for the song Gutless. I mean, they got a lot of good personnel on this album, and it really showed. And to this day, it's still their best-selling album. Double platinum, believe it or not, as of this this recording only got as high as number 52 on the billboard albums charts, but the highest it has gone anywhere is number eight on the Belgian albums charts. But regardless of how you feel about it, Courtney Love was definitely a bona fide rock star.
I really can't stress enough how great Live Through This really is. It is a phenomenal album from start to finish. And tragedy and controversies aside, Live Through This is definitely an album you need to have in your collection, or at the very least, give it a listen if you loved this kind of music back in the day. I mean, yes, I know the spotlight was mostly on Nirvana with Nevermind and In Utero, and Super Unknown by Soundgarden, or Bad Motor Finger by Soundgarden. Pearl Jam's uh, 10 verses of Mythology were, are also take top precedence. I get that. But Hole was, Hole's Live Through This was the little album that could, and the, they were also the little band that could for a short period of time. I don't think even Courtney Love was prepared for how successful this album would be and how it would solidify her as one of the all-time greats in grunge music and rock music in general. I really, if there's one takeaway from this episode, I really think Hole deserves a little more love, pun somewhat intended, and a little more credit than people have given given them over the years. I know Courtney Love, her life and her uh, career have been kind of marred by drama the last last 20 years, I want to say. But honestly, that doesn't mean Hole's a bad band. They are a very good band. They were a very good band. It's pretty clear they're not getting back together, and honestly, that's fine. I think it could have ended on better terms because, honestly, I think Celebrity Skin... If you really want to do yourself a favor, Celebrity Skin is the official final whole album. Nobody's Daughters is basically a pseudo-solo project for Courtney Love. But if you really want to give Hole a shot, look no further than live through this. It is grunge perfection. It is one of the best albums of all time and my favorite Hole album of all time. And that's the Hole truth. I'll shut up now. And just like that, another random album ranking is in the books. But before I go, let's take one final look from the bottom to the top. At number four, I have their last album, Nobody's Daughter at number four. Pretty on the inside, their debut album at number three. Celebrity Skin at number two. And my pick for number one, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to get any guff over this one because it is a classic. I went with 1994's Live Through This. And that's going to do it for this edition of Random Album Rankings. And that's going to do it for this mini-sode as well. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to follow this podcast on Instagram at random.album so that you can keep up to date on future episodes, music news, and everything in between. You can also rate this podcast as well on Google Casts and Spotify. One star, five star, whatever you prefer, what, what you think of this show, let us know. We can only get better from here. If you're listening to this podcast on anchor.fm, you can even leave messages for this and your favorite podcast. So if you want to leave a message for this one, go to anchor.fm slash random dash album, R-A-N-D-U-M-B dash A-L-B-U-M-B. 
and click on the leave a message button. Positive, negative, just so you know, this will be played on a future episode. So consider yourself warned. And if you're feeling up to it, you can even donate money to this episode or to this podcast as well. Click on the listener support page of this or your favorite podcast to learn more. You can even donate as little as 99 cents a month, not even a buck. But if you choose not to donate, all I ask is that you tell your friends to tune in to next week's episode. And next week will be a full episode. We'll be back to once a week for at least a short period of time. And next week, I will be tackling the discography of Pink Floyd. So until then, I'm BC saying, the world is your oyster. Get out there and go shuck it. Goodbye, everybody. You may think this idea is dumb. Well, you're wrong. It's actually random.